Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we are joined by my pal Eric, who I know from the darkduckfeed.tv group. Um, unfortunately, due to a computer problem, we lost half of Eric's audio. So our normal you know, 45 minute to an hour episode is now cut down to about 30 minutes. Uh, we still get a, a lot of good content, so I wanted to go ahead and release it anyway. It's just going to pick up kind of in the middle of a conversation. So if that's kind of weird, just you know, bear with me and blame me and, and not Eric. As always, you can send me an email at dguspodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to come on the show, and I hope you enjoy the episode. actually um wait start that over i didn't actually start with uh, demon souls right after dark souls 2 and bloodborne um i had tried to play it previously on my roommate's uh playstation 3 and the copy of demon souls that i have is one that i bought back when i was with my roommate who had a ps3 and uh when i did that one i tried playing as a a royal because i heard that was the easier one because i heard demon souls was the harder game and uh I made it to Dragon God and then stopped. Um, <laughs> I tried dipping my I tried dipping my toes in all the first areas, but they were really hard. Um, and I got like the crescent falchion. I like I made all the I made all the moves that one would do to like kind of bulldoze through the first parts of the game. But uh, I don't know what happened. I guess I just got frustrated after killing a flame lurker and I wasn't able to proceed in any direction like reliably. So I just kind of like took a break and eventually my roommate moved and uh, I wanted to play it, but we just didn't have a PS3 to do it on. And so um, eventually we, um, I mean, I really think Sony has shot themselves in the foot by not making sure that that game was was ported over before Dark Souls 3 or even between Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls 3 like there's so many people that I know f- that started with Bloodborne and started on the PS4 gen and then went back for these games and like that's the hardest one to get your hands on really because you have to have the PS3 like the fact that that's not on PS4 is just so dumb to me. Well, it seems like it wouldn't be that hard. Um I don't know anything about game porting, so when I say it doesn't seem like it that be hard, you got to take that with the a truckload of salt, but um, it's just like it seems like if it's a Sony game and they've ported all these other like remasters of PS3 games, like Demon Souls would be a logical choice, especially leading up to Dark Souls 3. Um, like, could you imagine the amazing like package deal? Like, Xbox has the Dark Souls 3, you get Dark Souls for free because they moved it over to compatibility. Like, if they could just be like, oh, is, is that all Microsoft? Um, here's your copy of Dark Souls 3, and it also comes with a copy of Demon's Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine. I mean, I love the so PS4 you, uh, controller, so I would just oh, be in heaven. Yeah. Um, although I think you can play... I haven't tried this. I keep meaning to, but I think you can play... Demon Souls with the PS4 controller on the PS3 now. I like. I think they've worked that out. I think there's like you can't use the home button, but other than that, it, it works fine. Probably. Um, yeah. 
So what did uh, so going backwards to demons like you like the quality of life improvements that you get from going from one to two and to Bloodborne like none of that stuff exists in Dark Souls or excuse me in Demon Souls like it's and it, some of the systems are like obscure to the point of hilarity like how did you fare like booting that game up or were you just like were you kind of doing the wiki thing again you mentioned like you had the Crescent Falcon and you started as a royal but like were you looking up through the areas and everything or how were you proceeding through the game. So when I when I tried the second time, uh, per your recommendation, I tried the Temple Knight with the um, Herald equipment and the uh, or not the Herald equipment, but with the Church equipment and the um, mm-hmm. halberd. And uh, I found the halberd was a pretty effective weapon, but it didn't give me as much like uh, maneuverability as I guess I would have liked. So I ended up starting over. Sorry. Um, Mr. And, you have to you apologize know, to me, man. <laughs> I ended up starting over as the um, the warrior, like generic warrior class, and uh, my build focus. Um, I only made one character for demons, which I'm proud of. Um, I, I nailed it. The well, I guess after the after the halberd connection, um, I only that that character made it all the way through. Um, I focused on strength and uh, a little bit of dexterity, just enough to get the lava bow running. And so I, I didn't. I tried to avoid using a walkthrough uh, for as much of the game as I could because I wanted to have an authentic experience. But Demons is a little more impenetrable in a lot of ways. So eventually, I had to either like ask people, like you or other people on the Slack, for like some tips and direction. And uh, the big, the big thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to go at the game in a pace that like made sense because it's so open i wanted to tackle the areas in a way that felt you know more natural so Mm -hmm. i the only real like thing i had open at any time was like do this area then this area then this area just numbers in front of a just numbers in front of me and uh i ended up going through one uh up to uh one two and then i did all of two and then i did um all of four, um, and then I did um, three, and then, and then five, and then finished up one. Okay. And it was just, like, big sword with some arrows, not really any magic. Um, I tried to avoid getting hit with a uh, heavy item burden, so basically just wore pants. <laughs> Eventually, uh, stealing... Uh, um, I think his name is Garl Vinland, um, the dude who's protecting mm-hmm. uh, the priest. Um, Lady, Ast- Lady yeah. Australia. Lady Australia. Uh, made in Australia. Um, hmm. uh, and so I just took his clothes and brought him into the um, penetrator fight and the um, eventually taking care of the false King Alant and then King Alant and then I decided to spare the Maiden in Black. Because, okay. because uh, whatever, I I I was like I I bet if I try to fight her, she's gonna kill me. I think it, from what I understand now, you just succeed in killing her. But I was just like I'm gonna be. I don't want to make any stupid risks. I'm done with the game. Let me walk out, and I will be the hero. <laughs> um, and you know, killing That's people really that you don't have to is bad. But I'm sure a ton of those. Um, I'm sure a ton of those hollows in Dark Souls 3 that I just destroyed probably didn't need to die. 
hey, at some point we Especially all have to die, right? Even, mm-hmm. even in the NPCs. Um, and uh, I found Demon Souls uh, to be a lot more, um, a lot more difficult than Dark Souls was because of a lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, convenience considerations. Um, I decided not to even bother um, trying to work my way through the upgrade system. I just said, I need strength, so I need Greystone. Where is Greystone? Greystone's here. <laughs> Thanks, Wiki. Probably not a bad idea, because that upgrade system is and, ridiculous. Uh, I know I got a lot of help with demons uh, from you, because you are famous for helping people through these difficult parts of the Souls games. And uh, I was able to finish up uh, Demon Souls, and I was able to um, set it aside and be ready for Dark Souls 3. Before we get into Dark Souls 3 chat, uh, I'm kind of curious, like, as you're playing through these games, is the draw for you more on the mechanical combat side, or is it more of the lore side? Because we haven't really talked anything about lore. Like, does the, do the stories kind of speak to you? Do, the, do you do you just kind of want to go through them so you can get that, or do you just kind of ignore it for the gameplay mechanics? Um, so, I started up a, a blog for Dark Souls, which is a pretty, um, a pretty well-established area, like... You know, there's not too much more to say about Dark Souls than has already been said. Um, and so I wanted to do more of a mechanical focus because I think that's where I where I can actually talk about things. Because as far as lore goes, I, I like reading about it and I like kind of having the world pieced together. Um, and I think it's interesting. And if I was trying to sell somebody on the game, I would talk to them about how the lore is kind of hidden. It wasn't really that big of a draw for me, honestly. Um, as much as the, you know, very compelling storylines of, you know, Solaire and um, Siegmeier um, can be upon further reflection, um, it's very, it's much easier for me to just go through and be like, oh, this is a really cool area. I really like how this looks. These enemies are very well designed, and this encounter is very, um, you know, difficult and interesting. And, oh, yeah, this dude's had a fun story here, but look at all these other cool things. <laughs> not really big on the story I like hearing about it I love listening to Bonfireside Chat and getting the story about it um, you know kind of retold to me but I'm just not paying that much attention and that's bad as, because, as you're playing the game yeah and maybe that's bad because there's so much there that I just miss on first glance but it's it's hard not to stay engaged in the combat system like 24-7 yeah it's really easy to do that, like just exclusively and kind of ignore all of the stuff around it. Like if um, I had a playing Dark Souls three for the first time, like going into that game, you 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 kind of know, like okay, I want to read all of the item descriptions because that's the way the story is told in these games. And so you start doing that, but like I would find it, I got into this rhythm where I would pick up a bunch of items in an area, but I didn't want to stop every time I picked up a new item because like that interrupts the flow of the game. So I, I got into a thing where I would clear out an area and then I would go back to my inventory and try to look for all of the stuff that I found and then read all of the item descriptions at once. Yeah. So it was kind of harder. It was kind of, it's kind of hard to keep up with the story as you're playing the game. Yeah. I mad props to the, uh, to the let's player, uh, K that you, uh, suggested that I check out who is able to like divine a lot of stuff from the item descriptions and just the general like structure of the game to figure out where to go and what to do. That wasn't me. Um, I got stuck in quite a few places. Um, I think a place where I got stuck that probably a lot of people got stuck would be the um, uh, in Anne Orlando, right after you kill the first reappearance of the gargoyle. 
there is a uh, raised rotating platform just in the distance, um, and there seems to be no way to proceed. And the way you're actually supposed to go is you're supposed to go up this like very thin like I don't even know the architectural term, but it's like a pathway uh, up to a broken window where you then have to deal with the rafters. Um, and I did not did not catch it at all. Um, and I don't know how people <laughs> caught it. I had to look it up because I was eating gargoyle after the gargoyle in Orlando. And it turns out you got to go and like walk that pathway. And I just had no idea how I was supposed to figure that out. And I felt a little annoyed at the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you what did you expect? Um, you know, and mate, that's probably due to the fact that I was probably still playing it from the perspective of you know this game doesn't have that dead space line in the ground. Or the, uh, yeah. you know, Assassin's Creed Eagle Vision. You know, there is a bit of uh, intuitiveness that it requires from the player. And, uh, you know, that's another reason why the game series is, you know, drew me. Because there was that intuitiveness. But I don't, I don't quite know exactly what they were thinking. Because that doesn't seem like an obvious path. Yeah, um, the only... I think um, a lot of people get got it from messages on the ground because people would always leave messages on that rampart that gets you up to the broken glass. But I think if you if you look around like and you can kind of see up there that you can see that the glass is broken. And uh, I watched um, there's another duck feed guy that was on this show um, a few weeks back that will um, he was streaming Dark Souls one for the first time right before Dark Souls three came out and like he found it pretty naturally like watching him go through that and like just looking around and going okay well there's some I, I should be able to get up there like it looks like I can go up there and, and see that broken glass like maybe that's how I go I, I thought that was really interesting I I did it from a message like I saw a big orange thing and said oh well you can walk over there I'll just go walk up and then of course you you know guarding the entire time and you're worried that somebody's going to come out of nowhere and hit you but that doesn't happen till later so <laughs> God, God help you in Crystal Caves if you are uh, like have messages turned off or are offline I think there's a developer message that will actually get you through the like most important bridge in there mm-hmm. uh, but like there is like there's several ways you can tell where the bridge is, but I never got the blue um, Titanite slab because oh, it's way yeah. too confusing. Like it flips around it's... and curves, whereas the regular one is just a straight shot. And then there's like there's so many dead ends on the on the way to the blue slab. Like you can just easily get like, okay, now I can't go anywhere. <laughs> like do I double back at this point? Like it's it's really hard. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh man. It was rough. So, are you um are you enjoying Dark Souls three? And uh, I guess for the for the listeners out there, you, you mentioned that you were kind of about halfway through it. I think um, up to the Ithril section. Um, and you can feel free to talk any spoilers that you've seen because I'll put spoiler warnings at the beginning of the show. Okay. Um. I'll. I I really like it. They've made a lot of uh, gameplay considerations. It seems like they took what worked from Dark Souls two, and they left behind what didn't work, and they took what worked from Dark Souls and they left behind what you know, didn't work there. And uh, I, there's a little DNA from Bloodborne there as well, but because it is a Dark Souls game, I find that the primary influences are Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls. Um, it's weird that they seem to, I don't, having not finished the game, I don't know if this is actually the case, but it seems like they're pretty much ignoring whatever happened in Dark Souls 2 in favor of what happened in Dark Souls 1. And yet they borrow so many gameplay considerations from Dark Souls 2. Um, 
like they borrow the item that upgrades your Estus flask, and they you know have you do it through a uh, NPC, and the durability system is the same as in Dark Souls 2, and they've decided to split infusions and uh, upgrades and all these other considerations that seem to be pulling directly from Dark Souls 2, and yet they just like it's it's a game for people who played Dark Souls 1 the whole way through, but not really for people who played Dark Souls 2, I guess. Yeah, yeah. From a lore perspective, you could just jump straight from 1 to 3, is what I'm gathering. But if you've played Dark Souls 2, and you're used to the enhancements that they've made, you're going to feel right at home. And that was something I was very thankful for. Was unlike Bloodborne, and unlike parts of Demon's Souls, I just kind of flowed right into Dark Souls 3. Like, I didn't miss a beat. Yeah, like it's it 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 really feels like it's Dark Souls one dash two, like Final Fantasy ten two. <laughs> like it feels like that. It feels like a direct sequel to Dark Souls one that they've, you know, they they kind of give lip service, especially they uh, they pluck some girls from lore. Dark Souls one and Dark Souls two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the main um, character is that what happened? Like, is it, um, there's I'm trying to think. There's one NPC like that's direct from Dark Souls two, but uh getting finding him and like doing that quest line is way more convoluted than you might imagine uh even by dark soul standards like i didn't i just happened to be going back through an area um because i had skipped an enemy and so i went back to try to find the enemy when i discovered like a thing um so and i don't want to spoil it for you that's why i'm being a little vague but yeah that's that's about it. Like there's there's some mentions in the item descriptions to, to DS2, and that's that's really about it. Like, the, but they really lean on Dark Souls One for everything. I think right. somewhat to its uh, somewhat to a fault. <laughs> I guess I'll I'll know more about the uh, to a fault portion uh, later on, but um, it definitely seems like it's relying on me playing um, one to kind of get accustomed to what's going on. Um, I I. There's a, there's a new things, obviously, in Dark Souls 3 that weren't in Dark Souls 2 and 1. Um, the big kind of changes that I've noticed thus far are the mana bar, which goes into the weapon arts, and um, mm-hmm. the split Estus flask that is a result of that, and then mm-hmm. um, also covenants and uh, the fact that you can just swap them out on a dime is really great, because sometimes... You know, just like just like how we put on different colored T-shirts when we go when we get up for the day. Sometimes I'm feeling like a warrior of sunlight, but maybe sometimes I'm feeling like a you know forest hunter, and maybe other times yeah, I'm feeling absolutely. like an asshole. And uh, the fact that I don't have to go to an NPC and break that covenant or switch that covenant out and lose on the covenant items um, is is great because it means that you're not you don't feel like you're locked in a rail and uh, you 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 feel like you have a bit more. Um, wiggle room there and uh the i wanted to make a post about um the mana bar in uh, dark souls 3 which is a consideration that i'm sure they arrived at after trying both the mana bar and the cast system Mm -hmm. um and i feel like the i don't really like the mana bar in demon souls i never really touched it since i didn't use magic but um i think that having a limited number of casts that replenishes at the bonfires is a a better system than a mana bar because you you build your character up to bring along this equipment with you and then you use that set of you use this limited set of resources to bring yourself from checkpoint to checkpoint and uh, in Dark Souls three because the item that replenishes your mana bar is not a consumable item 
you take it with you because it's a flask that you have to fill at the bonfire. They've basically taken the best of both worlds and made a mana bar that is replenishable and is linked to more than just your magic. Um, but at the same time, they've still put a you know they put a cap on it somewhere. Like at, at some point, you're going to run out of mana and be out of Ash Estus. You're not going to keep running into Old Spice and uh, or buying the fresh spice from the uh, uh, merchant in the Nexus. You're eventually going to run into a point where you've used your magic. You just can't cast. Yeah, you can't cast any spells. That becomes less of an issue as a caster about midway through the game because they give you so many shards by that point. Um, it really hurts you in when you're getting summoned mm-hmm. because your flasks are reduced by half when you get summoned into somebody else's world yeah. and they round down. I so, noted that. You know, as a as a caster, let's say I, I managed to get five shards by like the first real big boss um, and like the undead settlement, and that goes that would take me down to like say three health flask and two ashen flask. Which basically, if I got summoned for the the tree boss, the cursed wood greatwood, cursed greatwood, that would give me one of each. So I had one health potion oh, and one goodness. mana potion. <laughs> like, and it, and that's fine. Like you don't want your summons to have like an infinite amount of whatevers, and it. It becomes way less of a problem like by the time you get up to like the 10 number but it's i like the mechanic but it just makes starting as a sorcerer really really hard i like the balancing act i really do just at the beginning it's it makes the game very challenging yeah because and it basically means especially in the early game you have to rely upon a melee weapon of some sort like you just have to yeah you're not going to be able to do pure sorcery through up through the game yeah and i tried briefly to jump into a sorcerer build to just kind of see what it was like um and you start off with a a knife that will open up your bills, but not anybody's chest. <laughs> the bill yeah, breaker. Yeah. I know. That's oh my ridiculous. goodness. Um, I have heard of, um, I have heard of people actually not using any yellow Estus that to just use the Ashen Estus. And then they carry around healing spells. I, which I, I found pretty interesting. I don't have the, I don't have the balls for that. Yeah, I know. I, I, that kind of sounds like hard mode to me, but I just thought it was an interesting way to approach the game. Like, hey, I'm just going to rely on this on this healing spell to heal me all the time. Yeah, so. probably not a bad option for a cleric actually, who's going to have you know a yeah, pretty large yeah. assortment of have healing spells. I guess I was thinking more and sorcerer. Probably a lot of attunement to go along with mm-hmm. sorcerer. That would be murder. Um. So at the at the end of these things, sometimes I like to ask, like, where would you like to see like the Soul series? And it's pretty well known at this point uh, that. Like Miyazaki has come out and said, we're doing new IP. Um, there's been tons of interviews about how Dark Souls 3 is the last Souls game, which I'm kind of happy about after playing Dark Souls 3. Um, yeah. What, where, where would you like to see the series go? Like the, because I, I can't imagine they're getting ready to these core mechanics that have served them so well. So where, where would you like to see? What would you like to see from from after Dark Souls 3? Right. So I guess I've I've thought about this question because I I do listen to your podcast, um, and I uh, <laughs> and I was thinking like where would I like it to go? And, uh, you know, as maybe I'm a bit like biased because I'm a fantasy star fan, but I think I would like to see them go and try to, you know, basically like keep this like skeleton, but, you know, wrap it up in some different like themes. Um, and I think that's like a big part of Bloodborne is that you have this, uh, you have this soul skeleton, but they've, you know, moved it into a different setting and they've tweaked it to like accomplish a different pace um i i think it would work um i think maybe i just want from software to go knock on sega's door and say hey just hand us fantasy star 
don't do any more of this free-to-play stuff. Just hand it, <laughs> hand it to us. We'll take care of it. The checks will be in the mail. Because um, I think that From is really good at this. They've totally mastered this. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to see it go anywhere permanently. I think that there's more that could be done with it. And I, I kind of want to see people who have been inspired by Dark Souls take the lessons that I think they, they they should take about that death as learning and about that, you know, dance gameplay combat. And uh, I, I'm sure maybe I would really like Salt and Sanctuary. I don't really like the art style. It's kind of turning me off. Yeah. But, you know, as somebody who didn't pay too much attention to the story, I'm sure I could get around that pretty quickly. Um, and so I think I'd like to see them go for a different theme. Maybe what they should do is take a look at some of their other IPs and uh, see what lessons they've learned from the Dark Souls game and see what they can do for that. Like, you know, maybe if they made another Armored Core, what lessons from all the Dark Souls games can they take and apply to the Armored Core series? What lessons can they take and apply to Kingsfield if they ever rebooted Kingsfield? Um, You know, and I think Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne are extensions of what they've discovered from being a company that makes Western-ish RPGs this whole time, maybe where where can they take those lessons and apply them to something totally different? Like, could they make a rhythm game based on all the Dark Souls lessons that they've done? Um, like that, I don't know if you ever saw. There was a game that came out for the DS called Harmonite, where it was a mm-hmm. not familiar. It was a basically like you played as a it was a side scroller, but it was to the beat. Of a, of a song, kind of like that level from Rayman, where everything's kind yeah, of yeah. matching that. And I haven't played it, so I don't know how well they did it. But something like that would be kind of cool. Like, you know, I would love there to be more Dark Souls, but I don't know if the story can really go anywhere. And um, I guess I'll find out at the end of it. But maybe a sequel to Bloodborne, or maybe just something totally different but that relies on the lessons that they've learned from the series is i guess what i'm driving at yeah no i'd I'd definitely get you i'd love to see them approach totally different genres with the the same kind of considered combat and interesting storytelling that the souls games have like that that to me would be and not even necessarily like you have a sword like a lot of people say like i want sci-fi souls where i have a, a plasma sword and a plasma shield and i'm like well yeah but like you could do more interesting things like with that kind of considered combat and still come out with a cool game like and not just absolutely like, texture swap a bunch a bunch of long swords you know what i'm saying i mean that exactly and i think that um like if a lot of people say that fallout 3 is just oblivion with guns and a lot of that comes from the fact that the engine is identical um, mm-hmm. But they do they do twist it enough to make it its own property by having guns and by working around that. And I think that's kind of what a, maybe I want with Dark Souls is maybe I want your maybe I want your Oblivion with guns, but like somewhere else. And like again, like Bloodborne is that Bloodborne is your Dark Souls with guns. But you know, take yeah. it and run with it. Like what else can you do? And putting a skin on it and making it the exact same game is is really just putting a skin on it. Like, they might as well just release Pizza Souls at that point. I'm with it. I'd, I'd pay for Pizza Souls. Well, <laughs> pizza Souls. I think we just found the name of the episode, if I actually named these, besides, anything besides the uh, 
guest name. Um, okay, Eric, thank you so much for like coming on and and spending like an hour with me and talking souls and stuff. I really really appreciate it. Um, I've I've known you for a while and we we've talked like you mentioned earlier like playing video games together. I think I met you through the Duck Feed Slack. Like I've met a lot of my guests and a lot of my friends. So, um, but just again, thank you. Like it's, it's this has been a lot of fun. Absolutely, it was a blast. Um, I. Can you um can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Um, so I'm on Twitter at uh, eb plays uh, eb p l a i s, um, where I post uh, dumb things and pictures of my dog, um, and then um, I also have a blog, uh, soulsborn.tumblr.com, where I uh, mostly just talk about gameplay mechanics in the Souls games. Um, I'm taking a hiatus right now until I finish Dark Souls 3, but I don't know when this will be up. I might have started up again. So check yeah, it'll it out. Be, it'll probably be like a month at least. I've got so many of these episodes in the can waiting to be released. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it'll Yeah, it'll be a little bit. But yeah, sure. Yeah, you have to take a look at it. Um, fun fact, I almost called this podcast Soulsborn, but without the E at the end. Oh, be, because I, that's I pretty clever. The origin, and then I, got, I finally just... I, I, got tired of the word souls born because i started seeing it everywhere and i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna come up with something else and then cj from twin humanity said you should call this don't give up skeleton and i said that is an excellent name and i don't know why i didn't think about it 100 so. percent behind the name of this podcast it is phenomenal <laughs> but thank you again i really appreciate you coming on um as always i've been your host at jg greer on twitter um you can also find this podcast and my other regular gaming podcast at darkinsight.net where Eric contributed an article for us um, a while back, which you should go check that out. Um, if you want to share your story and come be on the podcast and tell your story, you can reach me on Twitter at Podcast or on Gmail at DGUSpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>